Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, guys. Happy Parenthood Friday. I love you guys. I got a couple of such beautiful messages this week, which, guys, always makes my week, makes my day. But just before I get started on today's topic, I just wanted to say a little shout out and a little hello to a friend of mine who's got two beautiful little girls who actually listen. Well, they're forced to listen. (laughs) to my podcast because their mum listens. And so when they're in the car, they listen. Um, But I knew their mum years ago, but now they're living on the other side of the world. So little shout out to beautiful little Millicent and Vivian, who I know, girls, mum's been telling me you've been helping make your beds and make the, uh, setting the dining table. Good job, girls. And Merry Christmas to you guys all the way from Australia. Anyway, I just wanted to do that. Just make their little day. I got a voice memo from one of them the other day. Love, love hearing their cute little voices. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about raising a sensitive child. And guys, I'm telling you right now, I need to do an episode on this for adults because this topic is really, really personal to me because I was that child. I was that sensitive child and I still am that really sensitive person. In fact, just today, because I was researching this topic a little bit for you guys, I um, I'm going to share with you a little bit about a uh, a, a sensitive personal personality called a HSP. And as I was looking at all of the little signs of someone that has HSP or who is a HSP, I sent it to Cameron. And Cameron just said to me just before, are you kidding me? You literally tick every box. I go, I know. So guys, please believe me when I say I know what it is to be that sensitive child. And I can tell you from experience, guys, it's the greatest gift and the greatest challenge rolled into one, right? Like sensitive people, they are usually... Um, and I feel funny saying this because I'm saying this about myself <laughs> clearly because I'm saying, oh, I'm a sensitive person. And, but sensitive people, I feel like they have really strong strengths, but they also really struggle with equally with things at the same token. But sensitive people and all the ones I know, they really are incredible people, but it can be really hard raising one. And I speak on behalf of Cameron, it can be hard being married to one. So I think, you know, being a sensitive adult, like I said, needs its whole own podcast, right? But today I want to focus on sensitive children. And look, it can be difficult to raise one, I think both sides of the, of the scale. Like if you're not a sensitive person yourself, it can be difficult to raise a sensitive child because you might um, not fully understand them. But I think it can also be just as hard if you are a sensitive person raising a sensitive child because like, hello, the sensitivity will just be going off like alarm bells in your household. Um, so I've kind of got another issue again where I'm the sensitive mother And none of my kids are super, super sensitive. I've got one that was a little bit sensitive, which I'll talk about um, when they were younger. Um, But 
in general, I think because I've had the balance of Cameron in our household, none of my kids are as super sensitive as what I was. And so again, that raises whole other issues. But I just want to really focus today on um, regardless of you or your personality, what you can do to help support your sensitive child. Okay. Funniest thing though, As I was preparing this, I've been on the Gold Coast for a couple of days working from there. And guys, talk about sensitivity. This loud motorbike, right? Now I'm like 22 floors up. This loud motorbike rips through and it was so loud up in our apartment. But the next thing, our little puppy, Billy, guys, you know, you're going to get sick of puppy analogies, but sorry, it's my world right now. She came racing over to me. She's only 12 weeks old, running over to me because it scared her because she is so sensitive. And I literally watch this little puppy going through the world and she is so sensitive. I can see her. She hears everything. She sees everything. She feels every little thing around her. And because I'm a sensitive dog owner, because I'm a sensitive person, like I said to Cameron, we've got to introduce her to the world slowly. Like we took her to the beach for the first time. Cameron's personality is like, oh, let's just drag her down to the water and get her used to it. He did that with our other dog, Callie, and literally traumatized her. So I'm like, babe, you can't do that. You can't traumatize her, okay? But anyway, with Billy, he was so good. And so he was so gentle with her and he took a much more sensitive approach. And guess what? She loves the beach. She was jumping around in the waves. Anyway, when she came running up to me when this bike kind of really scared her, I, um, I didn't want to pander to her fear. So I just reassured her. And I said to her, I kept saying, bike, that's a bike. You're okay. And guys, look, I don't, again, don't want to compare puppies and children, but look, just really good analogies. That's really the approach that we need to take with sensitive children. It's really a balancing act of being available and being reassuring, but not pandering to the emotion, right? So you want to reassure, but you want to build resilience. So I'm going to give you six ways today that you can do that to reassure, but build resilience in your sensitive child. Okay. But let's just have a look for starters at reasons that your child might be sensitive. Then we're going to look at um, signs, like what it looks like to have a sensitive child. And I'm going to go through the good and the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly. And then I'll tell you these six keys that I think will really help you. So let's start with the reasons your child might be sensitive. It just purely might be their personality, right? Like they might take after you or your partner, or they might not take after either of you. They might just simply be born that way with that kind of personality. Now, some children also could be sensitive because of something that they've gone through, a circumstance. So I think for me, I think the divorce of my parents just heightened my already sensitive nature. So I think I had double whammy of being born sensitive and then going through a situation which made me more sensitive. So your child might um, be going through, you know, something like that or an illness or a death of a loved one. And these things can cause them or heighten their already sensitivity. Okay. So let's have a look and identify what it's like to have a sensitive child at home. And maybe for you, this might be like an eye opener. You either could be very aware. And uh, and my friend asked me to do this podcast because she is raising a very sensitive child. So you might already be aware or you might listen to this next little couple of minutes. I'm going to talk to you about the signs and go, 
oh my gosh, light bulb moment. I think I've got a sensitive child and I didn't know. So I want to uh, go through the upside and the downside because having a sensitive personality is very much, there are two extreme sides to the sensitive child. So the upside, the beautiful part is you will find that they are most likely very caring. Um, They can be gentle, although there are two sides. Sometimes their sensitivity can make them more on the um, on the stubborn or the aggressive side, but they also by nature tend to be more gentle. They're very empathetic to others, like way more than other children. They feel deeply. They see what others don't see, very in tune with other people and how they're feeling. They are often very mature for their age. Um, often they're very creative too, which can come out in all sorts of ways. They have an eye for detail um, that others might not have, including just being able to walk into a room. And I know this to be true for me. I can walk into a room and I can literally sum up how everyone is feeling in that room. I particularly have an eye. I'm drawn towards people that might be lonely or on their own. (laughs) So Cameron thinks I'm depressing. But I think he's beginning to understand, oh, you're actually just like highly sensitive and I can go into a room and feel it straight away. Now, children won't, um, they'll be able to do this, but not know how to express it. They um, they will respond to their sensitivity. Um, they, they'll be able to feel other people, right? And they'll respond to it. And it could be that the other person that they're in the room might be actually feeling angry. It might not be that they're lonely or sad. It could be that they're angry. That will really affect your child. They're very intuitive. Um, they also will be very loyal. They're easily pleased usually. They like their own company. They thrive on routine and predictability and they behave very conscientiously. Okay, so they're all kind of the upside. Now, the downside or the challenges, they can be overly emotional, whether it be that they cry easily or they get angry easily. They might struggle to regulate their emotions because they're kids and they're feeling deeply and they don't know what to do with it, especially if they've got an adult that doesn't understand them. They tend to carry other people's burdens as well as their own. They're perfectionists. They can be easily hurt or easily rejected and therefore, you know, easily angered. If they feel hurt, they might not take criticism well, like end of the, you know, end of the world to them. They might find it hard to be around things like big crowds, big noises. I, to this day, guys, do not cope well with loud noises or bright lights. Ask Isaiah if the lights at church are too bright and I'm preaching. I literally cannot cope with that. I'm like, turn the lights down. Uh, They might struggle with change. They could find spontaneity unsettling. Um, This isn't not necessarily a negative, but they could be a child that asks a lot of questions because they're just trying to suss out their environment or ask for reassurance. And they can be very impacted by others' emotions, right? Like if a teacher gets angry, this is literally explaining my childhood. If a teacher got angry, even though it wasn't me, I felt like they were angry at me. Or like if I would hear a baby crying, I would want to cry, right? Weird, I know, but hello. Now, not all sensitive children, guys, are inward and obedient and easy, okay? So don't be fooled by that. Some sensitive children are actually active and emotionally intense and demanding, okay? Because they don't know what to do with all of these heightened feelings that they feel. So I was this child. I completely understand everything I'm telling you. I'm like tick, 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 tick for me. So imagine how I felt when my parents divorced, right? Like my emotional radar was off 
the charts. And I was always thinking deeply, not about myself. I was always thinking about my parents. I remember when I would leave my mum to go visit my dad, I would feel sorry for my mum because I was aware that I was leaving her alone and I felt so guilty. But then when I left my dad to go back to be with my mum, I remember thinking, now dad's alone and I would feel guilty and feel sorry for him. I literally was like, looking back, I was like this tortured child, right? Because my mum and dad were never together. One of them was always alone. And so I felt really sorry for either one. And I carried that emotional burden and it was way too heavy for me. And my mum didn't know what to do with me. Like she tried to get me a counsellor and I hated talking to a counsellor. I didn't need a counsellor. I just needed someone to understand how deeply I felt everything. I did not like change. I still do not like change. You ask Cameron, we just went away for a few days and I kind of struggle for the first 24 hours to be in a different environment. Guys, I feel like I'm being so vulnerable right now. Um, But I struggle to be in a new environment for the first 24 hours. Like you wouldn't know it because hello, I'm an adult that's learned to regulate, but I feel very uncomfortable because I don't like change. And then I get used to being away and I don't want to come back, right? Um, And so here I was a kid who doesn't like change being thrown between two parents for the next decade plus. That all affected me terribly. And so I grew up feeling mostly insecure and I rarely felt safe and I often felt vulnerable. And that is a leftover feeling that's been left with me into my adulthood where I struggle to sometimes feel safe, even though I know I am safe, if that makes any sense. If you're a sensitive person, you would understand what I'm saying. If you're not, you'll be like, Renee, you need therapy. (laughs) Okay. That's why I've got a dog, guys. That's why I've got a dog. Now on the upside though, I was always really mature for my age. My teachers always used to say it. They would say how mature I was, how much initiative I had, how caring I was. I felt very deeply what others feel, which makes me really easily able to relate to other people and to meet their needs, which others often might miss. Now, Cameron would say that one of the things that really took him um, about me when we first met was I was always kind and thoughtful. Um, but I think kindness actually comes with this sensitivity because we don't want others to feel the rejection or the hurt that we sometimes feel. I feel like this is becoming a therapy session for us parents, but anyway, um, I'm hoping that as I'm talking to you, it's just helping you to understand your child. And so, you know, we just want this happy world for everyone. And I was often very overwhelmed by my, and I still can be by the way, and hello, I'm a pastor, try that one. Um, but I often get very overwhelmed by my empathy for other people going through something tough. Like I will, I will want to cry for other people very easily. Now, I think we've got to separate. There's actually two things going on here. Okay. I talked to you at the beginning about this HSP. This is something I recently discovered that was such a flipping life moment, like light bulb moment for me that there's actually a personality type called a HSP, a highly sensitive person. The lady that uh, kind of has done all research into this, it's been fairly recent. I want to say early 2000s, maybe. Um, So I always knew that I was sensitive, but then I read about this HSP, which stands for highly sensitive person. And I'm like, I literally am this. I tick every single box. So HSP... I'll explain to you what they're like, but basically they are people that have an increased or deeper 
central nervous system sensitivity to physical, emotional, or social stimuli. So our nervous system goes through the roof really easily um, in, compa- in, in like reaction to our environment, right? And that can be social, emotional, physical, okay? Now, guys, I do not like all the diagnosis that we're labeling kids and adults with, right? I think we're over-labeling and over-diagnosing, but there is a place for it sometimes. And like I said, when I read this, I'm like, I'm not going to define myself by this, but shiver me timbers. I understand myself a bit more. And so if you feel like your child is beyond sensitive, uh, that maybe perhaps what you're dealing with is a child with HSP. Now, I want to be really clear. There's no official diagnosis for this, right? It's not like it needs this diagnosis because there's something, you know, to be diagnosed. It's not like there's nothing wrong with you if you've got HSP, right? It's not a mental health issue. Okay. It's just purely a personality trait. That means that you or your child have increased responsiveness to both positive and negative stimuli. Okay. That's all it means. So you might go, okay, either my child's sensitive Or if you think that they're overly sensitive, and I'm going to give you 12 signs right now that will help you differentiate, are they sensitive or do they have HSP? So here are 12 common signs if you've got a HSP child. And guys, I tick every single one of these. Number one, they can be overwhelmed by light, sounds, and smells, right? I totally get overwhelmed. I I am the first person at church to go, turn the flipping PA down, guys, too loud. It's disturbing my soul, okay? Number two, they tend to ask a lot of questions. Hello, that's me. Number three, they can be, they're very aware of changes to their environment and people's moods, okay? Number four, they are impacted by others' emotions. Like I said, if a baby cried when I was little, it would make me want to cry. Like you're, you're more impacted than normal. Number five, your child could be very intuitive and perceptive. Number six, have high empathy, not just empathy, high empathy for others. Number seven, sensitivity to pain. I feel like that could be emotional pain too, not just physical pain. Number eight, this is embarrassing, but yes, easily bothered by clothing tags, fabrics, or tight-fitting clothing. Guys, I don't know if you've ever noticed, you will never see me wear anything tight except for leggings. I cannot stand tight clothing. Uh, Number nine, they enjoy a quiet activity over a loud one. Number 10, display cautiousness, especially in new situations. Number 11, feel anxiety over new situations. Now, guys, doesn't mean that they have anxiety, okay? We just feel anxiety in new situations. And number 12, shyness, okay? Now, some people, if you don't understand children or adults like this, you might think that they're odd or anxious or too sensitive. They are none of these things. They are just generally um, a little bit more sensitive than um, than other people might be. And we as parents need to help support them. So that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the podcast. How do we support our sensitive child? Now, like any trait, guys, it helps if our perspective is how can I best prepare my child for the world and for adulthood, right? Like how can I send my child off into the world with this personality so they're as best equipped as possible? How can I best build resilience so that they can stand well in the world and not be bowled over by it, okay? In fact, I would say that sensitive and highly sensitive children have got the ability to grow into amazing, creative, perceptive, innovative 
beautiful adults, okay? And when we understand their behavior, it makes way more sense, right? It will make sense why our kid seems drained after a birthday party or why they want downtime and quiet time after school or why maybe they throw a tantrum when they're just being overstimulated, okay? Your kid will make so much more sense. So here are the six things to help you parent them. Number one, guys, acceptance, okay? Just listening to this podcast and going, yes, this is my kid, and, and I get it. I'm identifying and understanding that I've got a sensitive child. Being able to identify it is like the beginning. Like it, this is 50%. You, you just knowing, because then we understand and not only do we accept them as they are, which by the way, if they're sensitive and they're highly intuitive, they actually are going to pick up if you're accepting of them or if you're anxious or worried about them. Okay. So just accepting them and being able to be like, yeah, my child's like this and I'm totally okay with that is number one. But guys, acceptance doesn't mean that we always tolerate and don't challenge, okay, which I'll talk about in a minute. So number one, accept. Number two, teach them it's a strength. If your child is highly sensitive, talk about it with them. Tell them just like you would if your child was... Um, you know, really like had leadership qualities or, you know, any of the other personality traits. So talk to them about how they're sensitive and how this is a really good thing. Show them how it makes them strong, how they see things that nobody else does, how they can help others that nobody else um, might be able to see needs help, how it makes them connect with others more deeply and be more loyal. And it makes them a really good friend. So teach them the strong parts of how it makes them a stronger person, okay? Because because we tend to feel like it's a weakness more times than a strength. So really, really hone in on the strength. Now, number three, but also make them aware of the downside to it, okay? It will actually help your child if you can show them that often what is our greatest strength at the same time is our greatest weakness, right? And that is true for all of us, right? It doesn't matter what your personality side is. It's like me, I'm a perfectionist, right? Being a perfectionist has got a real strength to it because I have excellence about everything I do and I'm a hard worker, but it has downsides. So teach them that being sensitive is amazing, but it's got some challenges too, And there's nothing wrong with this. And it's true for all of us. And being aware means we can identify and work on these challenging parts of ourselves, right? What we don't want is excuses for them to stay that way. Don't just excuse your child. Oh, they're rude because they're sensitive. They're shy because they're sensitive. Don't make it an excuse because this is not going to help them in the long run. For me, for example, like I said, being a perfectionist, it also means I'm overly sensitive to criticism. But knowing that about myself helps me when I feel those parts of myself being triggered. So help your child see how their sensitivity might affect them and how they can work on those parts of themselves, right? Like it could be that they cry really easily or they're extra stubborn or their empathy for others sometimes might feel like a big burden. So teach them how to cope with the downsides. So little story here, just quickly, because we're already at 22 minutes. Now, Ashton was my closest to being a highly sensitive child. Like as a child, he was so aware of other people. And I remember like he would cry if I would read him a story and the character in the story suffered in some way. He would cry, 
right? Like he was really had a lot of empathy. And I would, I would teach him that when he would, when he would cry, I would be like, you know what, bud, you've got so much empathy. And I taught him what it was. And I taught him the good side to that. Anyway, one day we were on holidays and there was this little girl in the pool who was all alone and playing by herself. And I remember he came running to me sobbing because he was so sad that she didn't have a friend or a sibling like he did. Now, Cameron would tend to go, or you don't know that that's her story. And, you know, like Ashton's like me, he'll automatically more assume the negative. Um, But what I did is I would say to him, but you are such a sensitive and caring boy and what a gift that is. Because guess what? You're seeing right now what no other kid in the pool is seeing. So you can use that. And so I turned his potential weakness of being overwhelmed. I would turn it and teach him how to use it for a strength, right? So I would say to him, you can go and ask her if she would like to play with you. And so what initially made him sad turned instead into this positive mission for him. So he he went and he asked her and I remember they played together for about an hour. And then when he came back to me, I told him, I'm like, dude, I am so proud of you. So what I was doing was teaching him to turn a p- potential downside into a strength. Okay. We're up to number three. Are we only up to number three? Oh, I think I've numbered these wrong guys. Okay. Sorry. Number four, maybe I've got seven. Let's roll with it. Number four, know when to push their boundaries a little, okay? It is good for all of us to be pushed a little out of our comfort zones. And the same is true for our super sensitive child. So don't let them use their personality as an excuse to hide. Push them. Now, Cameron was better at this side than me. Uh, so he can tend to push a little bit too much like he did with Callie, our other dog. But I would balance him out, right? So, you know, use we language as well. So they know that you're in this with them together. And then congratulate them when they succeed. So, for example, uh, all three of my kids were actually very shy. So I would provide little opportunities like I would uh, say Georgia being the eldest would be like, all right, sweetie, you're going to go up and order the coffees for us at a cafe. And she'd be like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm like, you know what? I'd walk her through it. I'd tell her she could do it, give her lots of encouragement and then plenty of praise and positive affirmation. Number five, give them gentle reminders. What do I mean by this? I'm basically saying discipline them, but sensitive children mostly already know when they've done something wrong. And they need very little other than probably a gentle reminder to pull them back into line. Now, your sensitive child could be different to this, but even if they are showing you stubbornness, it actually doesn't mean that they need harsher discipline because underneath the surface might be a lot of, um, you know, sensitivity. Okay. Number six, I have got seven things. I numbered them wrong. Number six, learn their triggers. Okay. If you are aware of what might trigger them, you can better prepare and then pre-talk them through a situation, right? So you don't let them get away with it. For example, Ashton did not like it when I went away. It was all right if Cameron went away, but if we both went away or if I went away, uh, he didn't like it. But every now and then I needed to, so I would prepare him. Now notice I didn't not go. I didn't go, oh, I've got a really sensitive child. I can never go away. I'm like, no, he's got to learn to be without me. So I am going to go away, but I'm going to prepare him, reassure him and stretch him that little bit. Okay. So make sure you learn their triggers and help them work through it. And number seven, I wish someone did this with me. Teach them the skill of relaxing. I know that sounds weird, guys, but sensitive children need downtime. 
And we're so highly aware that it can be very hard for us to switch off and relax. So teach them how to relax, right? Find what makes them relax and encourage it, celebrate it. No one did this for me when I was a child and I'm terrible at relaxing to this day. I feel like I was on all the time and I still feel like that, right? So this is a skill that I don't possess, but Cameron is really good for me in this area. Like he helps me to this day by talking me through it and encouraging me. So teach your child to relax because it will help them manage themselves as they get older. So let me go quickly through those seven again, which I totally misnumbered. Number one, your first key is acceptance, okay? Because they can feel that. If you've got a sensitive child, it's okay. It's more than okay. Number two, teach them by talking with them how it's a strength. Number three, make them aware of the downside too. Nothing wrong with that. Number four, know when to push their boundaries a little. Number five, still discipline them, but gently. Number six, learn their triggers and then prepare them. And number seven, teach them the skill of relaxing. So I hope those seven things have helped you guys. Uh, Now, if you want, if you are like, ding, 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 I've got a HSP, I would highly encourage you either jump on, just Google HSP because most of the stuff that comes up is by the the lady that uh, knows the most about it and her name is Elaine Aron, A-R-O-N, but she's also got a book called The Highly Sensitive Child and uh, she goes through a lot of this kind of stuff and, and talks about much more in depth than a half an hour podcast. So I would highly encourage you. But you might be an adult listening to this and go, oh my gosh, that was me. And if that's the case, take heart, guys. I am one of you also. Um, And I think I will podcast on this for adults because um, apparently about 20% of the population are highly sensitive people. That's a lot of us, guys. That's a lot of us. So there you go. We're about to hit half an hour. Guys, thank you for joining me please go and don't miss last Wednesday's episode. I talked about Balenciaga and the whole rabbit hole of what's going on in the world with uh, child trafficking, just kind of tipped of the iceberg with that. Not quite sure what I might talk on next week. I'm thinking of talking on, did you know guys that Indonesia have banned anyone having sex outside of marriage, including tourists? Did you know that? I just found that out today. I'm shocked. And guess what the punishment is? Jail time. I mean, is this overreach or is this a country with morals? I don't know. Anyway, I'm thinking that's what I might talk about. Anyway, guys, love you so much. Uh, I will be with you next Wednesday, otherwise next Friday. And come along to my Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast and chat with me there. Bye.